0: It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz.
1: Welcome aboard. I hope you're enjoying this Veterans Day weekend, and to all of you who served in our armed forces, Thank you for sacrificing your time and doing your duty for our country so we can maintain the freedoms that we have. I'd also like to thank the organizations that are helping out our vets by using fishing and hunting as therapy, especially for our combat veterans. And this goes for nonprofits like Warriors in Quiet Waters in Montana, Wounded Warrior Outdoors based in Florida. The Fallen Outdoors and Project Healing Waters with chapters all over the nation, Salmon for Soldiers based in Washington State, and Veterans Chapters near military bases around the country, courtesy of backcountry hunters and anglers. Both a salute and a tip of the hat go out to the volunteers of these groups helping out our vets with time in the field, in the woods, and on the water. This weekend on America Outdoors Radio, we're going to be joined by the host of another outdoor show. That would be... Big Billy Kinder, the host of Kinder Outdoors. He's going to tell you about his weekly radio show, which is a great one, by the way. He'll also tell you how his latest hunting trip to South Dakota went. And most important of all. He's going to invite you for a free chance to win a five-night stay with three days of chartered fishing for you and two of your friends in Costa Rica. This is a $10,000 package. It's all put on by Sea Sport Fishing and Kinder Outdoors. And Billy and I want you to get in on a chance to win this fantastic package. Billy will tell you more how you can do that in just a few minutes. After that, we'll take you to what may well be the most remote place in the lower 48 states, the Canyon Canyonlands of southeast Oregon. It's a place that's hard to get to, and you may not see another soul if you go right now, but if you can get out there, it's a great fall cast and blast opportunity that's waiting for you along the Oahe River in the form of chucker hunting and smallmouth bass fishing. Rob Lyman is a freelance writer who did all of this, and he'll share his adventure with you right after the bottom of the hour. From the deserts of southeast Oregon, we'll head to the Bahamas, Andros Island in the Bahamas. There is some great fly fishing for bonefish, permit, and tarpon there, and there's also a very good place to stay called the Stafford Creek Lodge, operated by well-known guide Prescott Smith. Ashley Simpson is a journalist who got to go there, and she wrote an article in the current edition of Field and Stream, not only about Prescott and the Lodge and the fishing, but also about a threat facing the entire island and its ecosystem due to a planned limestone mining operation. Ashley will join us towards the bottom of the hour to explain more about this. But before we chat with these great guests, it's time for Fishing and Hunting Reports from Around the Nation. And we'll start off with the 2022 Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship. It took place last weekend, and the event was dominated by Louisiana anglers Sean O'Connell and Edward Adams, who led the 3-day event wire to wire weighing in a total of 48 pounds and 3 ounces of redfish. The event took place in the Gulf waters around Port Aransas, Texas, and they fished swimbaits on 3/8-ounce jig heads during long drifts across shallow grass flats to catch most of their fish. The win earned Adams and O'Connell a very nice $75,000 payday. Congratulations, gentlemen. If you are going to Key West, Florida soon. Be sure to bring your fishing rod and enter the annual Key West Fishing Tournament. Anyone can enter, and you can catch your fish from a charter boat, your own boat, or from a kayak, or even from shore. The eight-month tournament begins December 1st and continues through July 31st of 2023. This tournament has a history that spans more than five decades. It's a multi-divisional free entry event, and it provides a test of skill for seasoned anglers while also developing newcomers' interest in the sport. Celebrating the diverse variety of fish found around the Florida Keys, the tournament provides recognition and trophies to anglers posting the heaviest catch of each of 33 different species. There's also awards that recognize the most releases of Barracuda, Blue Marlin, Bonefish, Dolphin, Permit, Sailfish, and Tarpon. Both visitors and resident anglers can enter their catches at a tournament weigh-in station in the Lower Keys or in Key West. They can also enter by submitting photos of their fish. The challenge features divisions for men, women, junior anglers aged 10 to 15, and peewees under 10 years old. If you want to find out more information and sign up, for this year's annual tournament go to keywestfishingtournament.com speaking of florida a new fishing lodge is going to be built there and the man who is building it is none other than johnny morris the founder and ceo of bass pro it's going to be called the Valhalla Island Resort and will feature 110 units on Valhalla Island near Marathon in the Florida Keys. Covering 175 acres, there will be lots of green space and it will also be a vehicle-free property. As you might expect, there will be a deep-water marina and the fishing, like the name of the resort, Promises to be heavenly for both offshore and inshore anglers going after everything from sailfish and swordfish and tarpon, bonefish, permit, snook, mahi mahi, and giant bluefin tuna. There's no timeline yet on when it's going to be built or when it will be open, but we'll keep an eye on this project and let you know more when we do. Heading west, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife announces that recreational fishing for adult fall-run Chinook on the Klamath River has reopened between Interstate 5 near Hornbrook to... 3,500 feet below the Iron Gate Fish Hatchery in Siskiyou County. The Iron Gate Fish Hatchery has received more than 8,000 returning fall run Chinook salmon this month, which triggers the reopening of the recreational salmon season. Anglers will be able to harvest two Chinook salmon, but no more than one adult greater than 23 inches per day in this reach. The possession limit is six Chinook salmon with no more than three adults. If you live in Northern California and want a Chinook salmon, this is a good bet because pickings are slim this year. The only other sector of the Klamath Trinity Rivers that remains open for adult Chinook salmon is in the lower Trinity River from the Denny Road Bridge at Hawkins Bar downstream to the confluence with the Klamath River. Be sure to check the California Department of Fish and Wildlife website for updates about this fishery and others. Next, we've got some good news from the folks at TargetWalleye.com. They report that women now account for 37% of anglers in the United States, the highest level on record according to the special report of fishing announced at ICAST 2022 by the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation in collaboration with the Outdoor Foundation. 19.4 million women went fishing in 2021, an 8% increase in fishing outings since 2019, And 1.6 million of these female participants were first-timers. The total number of fishing outing for women in 2021 was 288 million. Great to see more of the ladies on the water. And from personal experience, I can tell you that a lot of them can outfish us guys. Finally, let's talk deer hunting, and let's talk about five mistakes deer hunters make during the rut. From TheMeatEater.com, we learn one of those mistakes is calling for the sake of calling. Clint Campbell hosts the Truth from the Stand podcast. He says that too much calling or calling at the wrong time is a rut killer for many hunters. In his words, just because it's the rut doesn't mean the bucks will come running when they hear antlers crack together or a bunch of grunts. Another mistake is using the wrong calls. Deer do fight, and they do communicate vocally. They just don't do either very much, even in the heart of the rut. If you're hunting an area with a poor buck to doe ratio or a lack of mature-age deer, rattling with a set of Booner antlers is going to send out the wrong message. The same goes for snort-wheezing at every deer you see or grunting with unnatural enthusiasm. Then there's scrapes and bruises. Paying too much attention to them during the rut, especially the first week in November, can be a waste of time, says Clint Campbell, who points out the window for hunting scrapes can be very small and he often will find a scrape that was hot just a few days ago that might go cold when the chase phase is on. The final mistake the deer hunters make during the rut is just crossing their fingers and hoping that a buck is going to come their way. Hope is never a substitute for planning. Keep that in mind. If you want to find out more about these mistakes in detail, go to TheMeatEater.com. Been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska Lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here: the fishing halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge.
3: In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going.
1: This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you you can check your cook right from your phone, right?
3: I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me.
0: Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Thank you.
1: Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. We are taking you on the road somewhere between South Dakota and Texas. That's the state that my friend Billy Kinder is headed to. Billy Kinder is the host of Kinder Outdoors. It is a show much like ours that is heard every weekend on stations all over America. And Billy is
4: just finishing up a pheasant hunt. Welcome to the show, my friend. John, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, so gracious and kind to have me on. I really, really, really appreciate this.
1: Well, when I heard you're heading to South Dakota, I was wondering if you're going to be after whitetails or roosters, but it sounds like you're after roosters. How'd the hunt go?
4: <laughs> well, it was good. I have seen some whitetails and some mule deer out there that I'd love to chase, uh, but it's a draw, and it's a tough draw, and I don't get drawn, but I can buy a pheasant license over-the-counter and go up there and have an absolute blast. Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie, and I uh, went up there together. We, we did a little contest will give an auction item, actually, for Dallas Safari Club. A cast and blast, a springtime crappie fishing trip with Mr. Crappie himself uh, down in Texas and a South Dakota pheasant hunt with the Dead Rabbit Lodge up there. There were eight hunters. We all limited uh, on our birds every day. We had a fabulous time, lots of great food to eat, lots of laughs. And you and I have talked about this before, John. That's what it's all about, fellowship and camaraderie.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you had a great hunt. And I'm sure that Wally needed a break after putting on that crappie expo over in Missouri a couple weeks ago.
4: He mentioned that himself, and I see his events at those uh, things, so we both needed a break. He's mentioned it two or three times. This is a nice break after that expo, because that's a lot of work, as you can imagine. It was a big hit in Branson, Missouri, and he made the announcement that it will be in September next year, John, in Birmingham, Alabama, so any of your guys up there that would like to come down and enjoy a crappy Expo, Birmingham next year.
1: All right. Well, there you go, folks. Why don't you tell our listeners about your show, Kinder Al- Outdoors and how you fell into this very small universe of outdoors radio that you and I live in.
4: It is a small universe, yeah. Well, it's a whole lot like what you do. We promote and encourage folks to get outside and enjoy hunting, fishing, the shooting sports, the outdoors, hiking, biking, boating, whatever that might look like. Get away from a screen. And into the woods. And so the same thing that your listeners are accustomed to with you each week. We put together this broadcast every week. I have a country radio history going all the way back to my early teens, And I've hunted and fished since before that. So about 13 years ago, decided to combine the two. And we were on one radio station in Dallas-Fort Worth. And that has grown over the years to more and more radio stations. And so, you know, as long as people want to hear it and we will listen to it, we'll try to tell them what we're doing outside and how they can go about that as well.
1: And, folks, you can find stations and airtimes at kinderoutdoors.com. Billy's on 140-plus stations around the nation. You're also on satellite radio, too. What station are you on on satellite radio? Yep,
4: yeah, if you're familiar with RFD-TV, it is their Sirius XM radio channel. Uh, They also have a radio channel called Rural Radio, and that's channel 147. 8 a.m. Central Time, Saturday and Sunday mornings, so I guess that would be 6 a.m. out there where you are in uh, the beautiful Northwest. Well, let's
1: talk about something else here. I do some pretty decent giveaways from time to time, including pellet grills from Camp Chef, but, Billy, you've got me beat. You've got a giveaway called Fishing You a Merry Christmas, featuring a five-night stay in Costa Rica at a fabulous beachfront penthouse, along with three days of saltwater offshore and inshore charter fishing for one lucky winner, and not one, but two guests that they get to take along with them. Total value is ten grand. Tell our listeners more.
4: <laughs> well, it's going to be a lot of fun because... First of all, if you're a fisherman, those waters in the Caribbean are some of the most fish-fertile salt water on planet Earth or water period for billfish, and they can almost guarantee you, you can never guarantee it, it's hunting and fishing, right? But they can almost guarantee you that you'll be catching marlin, sailfish, billfish, and it could get into double digits. They've had days where they've caught as many as 20 in a day off of a single boat. They have a fleet at Sea Sport Fishing of five boats, inshore, offshore, overnight, great facilities, beachfront, oceanfront at Casa Sea. So five nights there, and then three days of fishing inshore and offshore. But we also included some free time because most of us don't get away to uh, the Caribbean or Costa Rica every day. So we wanted to give you a little time to look around town and hang out and enjoy uh, the scenery and the beauty of that place a little bit. So no matter who goes, whether they're a fisherman or not, spectacular fishing and sightseeing.
1: Well, this is one heck of a giveaway, Billy. And folks, if you want to find out more about this outfit, go to com. You'll find out about their fleet. You'll find out about the accommodations and a lot more. But man, oh man, what an opportunity for somebody again. We are talking about a $10,000 package here that one lucky person is going to win and i want to send you folks over to kinderoutdoors.com. that's billy kinder's website not only so you can listen to his show during the weekends but especially so you can enter this contest for a chance to win again five nights in costa rica in a penthouse for you and two of your guests three days of chartered fishing this is just incredible and it doesn't cost anything to enter does it billy
4: no, absolutely not. This is just to say thank you for uh, your outdoor lifestyle. Thank you for tuning us in and making us a, a little part of that. And along about Christmas time, we're going to give this trip away. We try to do something every fall. And this year we partnered with uh, Carib Sea Sport Fishing and put something pretty spectacular together. I will tell you that you're on your own for your airline. We can't afford that. We don't make enough money in radio uh, to put you on an airplane. (laughs) And you will need a passport, obviously. We're traveling out of country, so you'll need a passport, and that may take a little time, too. But, hey, you've got plenty of time to take your trip and get prepared for that.
1: As a matter of fact, you've got, what is it, up until December of 2023 to take this trip if you win?
4: Yeah, that's right. And it's just as simple as coming to see me at kinderoutdoors.com, and that's K-I-N-D-E-R, KinderOutdoors.com, and one of the first things you see when you come there is the big fishing you a merry christmas logo and just click and uh, register it's an old you know just drop your name in the hat old-fashioned drawing
1: There you go. Fishing you a Merry Christmas, an incredible giveaway, courtesy of Kinder Outdoors and CaribSea Sport Fishing. Head on over to kinderoutdoors.com, check it out, enter, and then if you're not already listening to Billy's show, give it a listen. You're going to love it. If you like this show, you're going to love his show, I guarantee you. Billy, here's wishing you a happy holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and safe travels home to Texas.
4: Well, thank you, John, and same to you. And thank you so much for uh, for the airtime and for sharing this with your listeners. I bet you this is the first time that most, if not all, of your listeners have heard a radio host invite another radio host to come over and talk about what's happening on their show on your show. <laughs> and I think that's pretty cool because you started this interview with the comment that it's a small universe that we live in as outdoor broadcasters and and that's true. Very, we're very unique in what we do, and if we don't pull together and not share this great message of God's great outdoors, hunting and fishing and the shooting sports, it's just going to fade away. We've got to pass it on, and you do a great job of doing that, John. Thank you.
1: Well, God bless you. You do the same, Billy, and I look forward to crossing paths with you again much sooner than later.
4: You bet, my friend, always.
1: This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. And if you are hunting this fall, you know the importance of a sharp knife. You're going to need it for gutting that animal, butchering that animal, taking the hide off that animal, and there's a good chance you're going to have to sharpen it more than once while you're doing these things in the field. That's why a pocket knife sharpener or the guided field sharpener from Work Sharp are great items to have with you. Whether you're after deer, elk, pronghorn, or bear, A sharp knife helps you get things done after you drop that animal. Look for WorkSharp products at sporting goods stores, hardware stores, and ranch and home stores near you, or online at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com.
0: Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization
1: Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. I've got Rob Lyon on the line. He's a freelance outdoors writer who lives in the Pacific Northwest. And if you pick up the current edition of Northwest Sportsman Magazine, you're going to find an absolutely delightful article. It's titled The Long Rod and the Double Barrel. And it's all about a fall cast and blast trip to the Canyon lands, very remote country in Southeast Oregon. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Good to be here. Why don't you start off by telling our listeners about this really remote place that most people have never been to?
3: Well, the uh, Owyhee country is the least populated country in the contiguous 48 states for openers. So there's not many people there, and uh, part of the reason for that is that it's in a very lonely, remote area of the the northwest. The Owyhee borders, that area borders on Idaho and Nevada, and California, and is principally in Oregon. So it's remote, and it's a long way from anywhere.
1: And the Oahe River runs through it, runs into Oahe Reservoir, and then there's a popular brown trout fishery below the dam at the reservoir. But this part of the Oahe, in the summer, people explore it in canoes and kayaks or, you know, hike parts of it. But I understand in the fall, you have pretty much got the place to yourself. Yes, you do.
3: That's the rare beauty of it, uh, in my estimation. The reason for that is there's there's not that much water in the river, but that's a relative statement because if you're on the water there, it's going to seem like uh, it's going to blow you away with the amount of hydraulics, the dynamics to uh, 150 cubic feet of water per second. It's very low flow, but yet funnel into this narrow rocky rock garden, it produces some pretty impressive hydraulics. But yeah, for some reason, I think that's the primary reason. But I, you know, I keep writing about it, thinking, well, you know, somebody's missing something here because we go there and there's there's absolutely no one there. One of the caveats to a trip on the Hawaii, particularly the section from Rome down to the lake that you mentioned. Is craft. You have to go on the right boat. We've tried canoes and and, uh, floundered, (laughs) uh, broke up the canoes. We even had to return a rental canoe that the rental guy wouldn't even accept. We had to pay for it. Oh, boy. It was so beat up. So, yeah, it's, it's a matter of inflatable kayaks. Big double IKs paddled singly with all your gear. And if you do that, you can get out there for a week's travel through 30 to 50 miles a river.
1: Wow. And on this latest trip, you even see anybody else once you started to get going?
3: Well, this latest trip actually wasn't so much a float per se as it was an exploratory up to the upper watershed. Way above Rome and above Three Forks, there's some old Jeep grades that you can get in on in in the right vehicle. And you get to some very even narrower canyons than you're going to find from Rome down to the reservoir. We didn't see anybody up there. And when you float, typically, and we floated four times, I think, to date. Uh, I've never seen anyone else on the river. You might find a few campers, usually bird hunters, that drive into one of the two or three places that you can vector into the canyon, but that's
1: about it. Well, let's talk about the bird hunting. It was all chucker hunting, and the chucker is no easy bird to hunt. Tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, one of the
3: beauties of chucker on the Iwahi is they often will come down to you. You're Floating along, it's like Terra Incognita. The birds haven't seen anybody. You haven't seen anybody, and suddenly you come around a turn, a corner, and you know there's a there's a flock of birds on the bank, and you get out and you give them chase. But it's not the the cannon chucker hunt where you're having to damn near repel and use ropes to get to the <laughs> to the to the birds. And there's there's so many. It's it's a well protected. Uh, population of birds there and uh, it's just typically much easier hunting than any place else we've tried
1: well sounds like the place i need to go chucker hunting because yeah i'm used to some of those other chucker hunts and (laughs) my age is getting tougher and tougher to do those oh i hear you i hear you so that's the last part of the trip let's talk about the cast it was all about smallmouth bass wasn't it
3: Yeah, we've had white crappie in there. We've had schools of white crappie coming that we've caught up from the reservoir. There's channel cats in there as well. I've talked to Ray Perkins, who was the regional ODFW guy there, and he told us all about, you know, the channel cats that we were hoping to catch to eat, but uh, that never happened. Yeah, it's 99% smallmouth bass, and they are a small version of the smallies they put small and smallies so to speak <laughs> but they are prolific uh, they're healthy at least the the young ones are and uh they're, they're fun to catch and they're they're good to eat too of course
1: and the way you went about catching them uh, really has my interest it's a, a method of fishing that most people in the united states don't know anything about tell our listeners more
3: uh ten you're talking about right huh?
1: yes indeed
3: yeah, Tenkara originated in Japan centuries ago. Uh, it's a technique used to fish small streams efficiently, and it it it, it, it consists of a rod and a line, no reel, very Huck fin style. And we fish a, a shortish line. I mean, with no reel, you're not going to be shooting line. You're not going to be casting very long. So it's about up close and personal. And the beauty of the Oaihi, particularly the upper Oaihi above Three Forks, is that the river is so small you can effectively wade up the middle of it and cast to lies left and right and just enjoy yourself that way without having to bother with the reel. It works well for uh, this location, works well for bass. That's the basics of it.
1: Were you using uh, flies or jigs or what to
3: catch? Oh them? yeah, it's a fly fishing technique. Either you've got a little little popper on there, or you're trying to bring the fish up or you're you're using a woolly bugger or a nymph to uh, you know, to try to get them. But it's very dynamic. It's very dance like to be able to kind of one hand your cast and gently gradually move up and down the river like that.
1: One last thing we should let folks know is that uh, you need to be well-prepared if you're going to explore the Oahe Canyon lands. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much self-sustained. You're not going to be able to get any help out there, are you?
3: No, no, no. It's it's miles from anywhere, first off. And the uh, the clay substrate that the, the grades are scratched over are uh, just turned into liquid mud at the first sign of rain. Of course, it's a, it's a high scrub sage desert area. You're not going to get much rain, but come October and certainly into November, you will get moisture, and it'll just flat out stop you in your tracks. And then there's the issue of actually getting into the canyon, per se. There's four or five or six places you can drive in and camp along the canyon, some easier than others. Uh, one of the beauties of floating, you know, besides all the reasons I mentioned, is that you can just access the entire river canyon without any hassle of getting in and out of the canyon but yeah you should bring you know you need a high lift rugged off-road vehicle with jacks and shovels and chains plenty of you know advance work is going to pay dividends because once you get over there you're not gonna <laughs> you are not going to I do not know much about it <laughs> so it's really good to have a, a game plan in hand when you go
1: We were short on time, Rob, but folks, if you want to find out more about this incredible trip that Rob Line went on, just pick up the October edition of Northwest Sportsman Magazine and check out his article, The Long Rod and the Double Barrel, and maybe you too will be inspired for a fall cast and blast trip to southeast Oregon for smallmouth bass and for chucker. Rob, thanks for sharing your adventure with us today on America Outdoors Radio. You bet, John. Now, if you're going to be exploring remote places like the Oahi, you're going to want to have a firearm with you. And I've got just the thing that's perfect if you are. Packing light, but need something in your vehicle. It's the U.S. Survival AR-7 from Henry Repeating Arms. It was developed in 1959 for U.S. Air Force pilots, and it is a collapsible 22-caliber semi-automatic rifle. weighs just 3.5 pounds, breaks down and fits right within its own stock. Also comes in three different finishes: black, true timber camo, or Viper Western camo. If you're in the middle of nowhere, this is the perfect little rifle for you that'll fit in your pickup truck in your rv or your jeep like all of the rifles made by henry repeating arms this one is made in america it comes with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and it's rugged and reliable too find out more about it at henryusa.com look for a dealer near you and get yourself a U.S. Survival AR-7 22 caliber rifle. Website again, henryusa.com, and don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalog while you're there.
0: Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting goods stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. country hunters and anglers. You may have heard of us, but what are we about? BHA is the voice for your wild public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to boots on the ground projects like public land cleanups, we work across North America to uphold the legacy of our public lands and waters, as well as your opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on them. Stand up for public lands and waters and become a BHA member today. Visit backcountryhunters.org.
1: Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here
0: on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just
3: a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave
1: you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is Andros Island in the Bahamas. That sounds like a wonderful place to go this time of year. And the person that's going to take us there is Ashley Simpson. She is a freelance journalist who just wrote a great article you can find in Field and Stream about not only the fishing there, but also some trouble in paradise that could threaten the ecosystem at Andros Island. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So why don't we start off by telling folks a little bit about Andros Island.
2: Sure. Andros Island is about 100 miles south of Florida. Um, It's the largest island in the Bahamas. It's actually larger than all the other 700 islands combined. It's a pretty undeveloped place. It's maybe not what you think of when you think of the Bahamas. There aren't large resorts or casinos. It's very much still in its natural state. It's a lovely place to visit.
1: And I understand the fishing is pretty good, especially for bonefish. Tell us more about this.
2: Yeah, on the west side of Andros is the Great Bahama Bank. And so this is a, one of the largest and most productive saltwater flats ecosystem in the world. And so it is prime spot to find bonefish, tarpon, and permit. So about 8,000 anglers a year visit Andros to go fishing, and I was lucky enough to be one of them.
1: Well, it sounds like a fantastic opportunity, and boy, oh boy, I'd love to do that myself. But I understand there is trouble in paradise. Local officials in the Bahamas want to build a limestone mine there. Why do they want to build a limestone mine?
2: The limestone mine, well, let's back up. It is a proposed limestone mine. And, you know, one of the benefits that developers are touting is jobs. And that's something that the island does need. There is high unemployment on the island. But I was there, uh, not just to fish, but to report on the threat to the ecosystem that the mine represents. And there are quite a few.
1: And I understand there actually is a limestone mine in another part of the Bahamas that you got to visit. What are some of the concerns about what a limestone mine can do to the ecosystem?
2: That's a great question. Yeah, I was in Grand Bahama in Freeport. And so maybe some of your listeners have gotten off a cruise ship in Freeport. It's kind of a popular spot. In the Bahamas. There's a 400 acre limestone mine there right next to the port. And the gentleman that I was with, that I spoke with, and took a tour of the mine with, has said that it had a dramatic impact on fish population in and around the area. The mining itself requires heavy explosives, and that, of course, it's not good for fish. No. Uh, creates a fish kill each time those explosives are set off. They actually register on the Richter scale. The explosives are so heavy. It has also altered the, the water table of the island. I mean, it's made of, obviously, limestone, and limestone is a very porous rock, and so there's a lot of movement of water. You have fresh water that kind of sits on top of salt water, and this is an ecosystem that nature has spent <laughs> millions of years just fine-tuning and so obviously salt water when it gets into freshwater it's very problematic for human beings who rely on freshwater, but also trees. And so salt water has made its way into that freshwater table on Grand Bahama and there's a lot of dead forests on the island and like I said, that that problem with the fish population there as well. So a little bit of a preview of what might happen if limestone mining is allowed in Andros.
1: On Andros Island, we're mainly talking about forests of mangrove trees that would be affected, is that correct?
2: That's correct. Andros does have a large pine forest system, but the big problem is, for as far as fish are concerned, are those mangrove forests. And Andros Island is home to one of the largest mangrove nurseries in the Caribbean. And essentially what a mangrove nursery is, is a place where juvenile fish hang out, where they can hide while they grow big and strong. Also fish spawn in mangrove forests, so there's also fish eggs in that ecosystem as well. And so if you change the salinity of the water that those mangrove forests thrive in that could quickly lead to big problems for the fish population
1: there are some people fighting against this and one of them is a guide his name is prescott smith he has the stafford creek lodge on andros island tell me a little bit more about him and and how he's trying to fight this
2: yeah prescott is kind of the most outspoken Uh, activist there on Andros. He's kind of been leading the charge for environmental conservation there for many years. And he's actually the son of Charlie Smith, who is a very kind of infamous uh, figure in flat fishing. He was the first Bahamian to own a fly fishing lodge there on Andros and invented a fly pattern called the Crazy Charlie that people use throughout the Caribbean to catch a permit and bonefish. But also, you know, a very outspoken proponent of protecting those home waters because he understood not just the ecological benefit, but the economic benefit that it represented to that local community. And so Prescott has really kind of followed in his father's footsteps and is also just a phenomenal fly fishing guide and just a really fun guide to spend a day on the water with.
1: I understand you actually got to go fishing. You got to stay at the lodge. What were your impressions of the place?
2: I did. I mean, it is just so beautiful. It almost defies description out there on the flats. Stafford Creek Lodge is a wonderful place to spend some time. Prescott's sister Stacy is a phenomenal chef. And so you'll come back from fishing and it's not going to be, you know, peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese. You're going to have conch fritters and lobster and rice. And it's kind of a unique and very luxurious experience
1: oh sounds absolutely fantastic i might have to mm-hmm. google the stafford creek lodge and see if i can go out there and go fishing with prescott smith for bone fish last you question start. for you here prescott and others in the bahamas they are fighting their own politicians to keep this limestone mine away from andros island are there ways that we in america can join the fight to protect this fragile ecosystem around there
2: There are. I mean, I think the biggest thing that people can do is to go visit, spend your money in Andros, support those fly fishing guides. There are hundreds of fly fishing guides that work out of the Bahamas and many in Andros. And so supporting their livelihood is so important, convincing the government that that is a sector, an economic sector worth supporting. There are other environmental organizations that are seeking out against the mine, including Audubon and the Environmental Defense Fund. So there are also organizations that you can kind of get behind to help prevent limestone mining there and that beautiful ecosystem.
1: All right. Well, if you want to find out more about this issue and read this fantastic story that Ashley has written, just go to fieldandstream.com. That's the website to go to. It just got posted. Definitely worth a read. And you might want to head to the Stafford Creek Lodge on Andro's Island yourself after you read this. Mm -hmm. Ashley, thank you so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we're going to share with you the year's most 10 popular boat names from Boat U.S., and they get these names... From their online boats graphic service. So here we go. The number ten name is Grace in its fourth appearance of the top ten boat names since 2010. Grace likely holds deep meaning for vessels with beautiful lines or for those that navigate with finesse. The number nine boat shenanigans. Quit fooling around. The folks at Boat USA say shenanigans are part of every boating culture. Number eight, knot, that would be as in tying a knot, on call. This boat name serves as notice that on-the-water time can't be tampered with. Number seven. Adventure. A boat with this name is usually out of the slip every weekend, putting miles of water under the keel. Number six, Second Wind. Is this the boat named for a new chapter in life or an achievement? A comeback, maybe? We'll never know, but it sure is a popular name. Number five, Zephyr. Last appearing on the top ten way back in 2010. Sailors will welcome this reference to a gentle breeze back to the list. Number four, Encore. Encore. Also a newcomer to the top 10 this year. Encore maybe the boat name of choice for an entertainer, or it could indicate the next boat. Number three, Serenity. The number three name is so popular it has made it in the top 10 seven times since 2010, tying the record with second win. Yep, you guessed it. Both are very popular with sailboat owners. Number two, Osprey. I like this one. This year marked the premiere of Osprey. Having never before made the top 10 in a unique twist, Osprey bumped last year's number two boat name, which was Social Distancing. Completely off the list this year. Enough said about the days and times we live in. And the number one name... Andiamo, meaning let's go, we go, or come on in Italian. Andiamo remains in the number one spot from last year's list. It's also a happy refrain heard from the person behind the helm as they put the throttle down and head to open waters. If you want to find out more about some names for your boat in the future, check out boatus.com backslash boat names. And with that, we've got to wrap things up. I'd like to thank our guest today, Ashley Simpson, who told us all about the issues they're facing at Andros Island in terms of conservation. To Rob Lyman, who shared his adventures in the deserts of Southeast Oregon, chasing after chucker and casting for smallmouth bass. And to my friend, Big Billy Kinder, the host of Kinder Outdoors is having one heck of a getaway trip to Costa Rica for three worth $10,000. If you want to enter for a chance to win and it's free to do so, go to Billy's website at kinderoutdoors.com. While you're on the net, I hope you'll check out our website too at americaoutdoorsradio.com and like and follow our Facebook page because we've got some giveaways coming up soon and we want you to know all about them. Until next time, here is hoping you're blessed. Here's hoping you get out into Mother Nature. And do remember this, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it.